ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Thursday edition underway. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can be a part of the program by hitting us up on our text line. It's open right now. It's 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's how this show works. You text in, I respond. We talk about sports together. And one day when the budget increases, we're going to have a show producer in here back in this room one day once we get the budget up. And we'll take your phone calls as well. But until then, we're going to do the text. And, of course, we'll get those in again. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Baseball earlier today. Game you heard right here on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930. Pirates get the win over San Diego. The Padres fall to your Pirates 5-4. to four, And this game did not get underway until well past its 12.35 first pitch time. The last few days, honestly, not just the last few days, but for quite a bit of time now, we have been experiencing air quality issues. And, of course, there are wildfires impacting air quality issues uh, emanating from Canada. And so the Pirates today couldn't get started early. Now, there have been a lot of reasons for a delay, rain delay, lightning delay. Weather has definitely plagued sports. But now I can honestly say this is gonna be the this is gonna be the season of air quality delays. How crazy is that? I mean thankfully we don't have that much of a an issue here. I mean the air quality is not exactly spectacular in Huntington right now. I'm sure wherever you're at, it's not exactly spectacular as well. But I'm hoping this is just a passing thing. We're not going to have more of these types of issues. And hopefully we're not. But I've never heard of a baseball game called because of air quality. That's crazy. It's absolutely insane. So we got the game in, though. So it was successful for the Pirates. The Pirates get the sweep. So that is good. Pirates needed to get the win. You look at the standings right now and the East, the Braves are still on top. The West, the Diamondbacks are still on top. And you come to the Central and the Pirates are four and a half back. Starting to climb back up the chart, if you will. Pirates 38 and 42 now. The Brewers right ahead of them at 42 and 38. Half a game back from the Cincinnati Reds, which are 43-38. and 38. But the good news is the Pirates are on a three-game win streak. Last 10, four of six. The Reds have been a little bit better, seven of three in their last 10. And the Brewers have been a little bit better as well, six of four. But the Pirates need to be careful because the Cubs are starting to pick up, even though they have lost three in a row, the, the Cubs could theoretically start to pick up some games if they get hot again. Of course, the Cardinals are nine back. I don't see the Cardinals making a run here. It could happen, though. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. Pirates baseball, we'll have it for you all season long right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Milwaukee, opportunity for the the Pirates to try to maybe catch up a little bit with the Reds and leapfrog over Milwaukee. Four and a half back, 
Milwaukee's a half game back, 7.05 first pitch. We've got it for you tomorrow right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. So speaking of baseball, things are still looking pretty good over at Jack Cook Field. I saw the video that the Thundering Herd Athletic Department posted, the little drone flyby. Looking pretty good over there. And with that said, tomorrow I'm going to be at the presser for Morgan Zirkel. And I know they're going to do it originally outside. We'll get into that a little bit more, but that's been moved. So that's going to be moved to indoors. And again, why? Air quality. Air quality has not been really good right now around the tri-state. So if you need to be outside, and I mean this, if you need to be outside, don't linger don't go outside cutting grass unless uh, it's a little bit better you know your you know your limitations but it's a little hazy out there right now so the presser for morgan zirkle is going to be in the big green room at jones c edwards stadium it is open to the public used to be scheduled for dot hicks field but potential air quality and weather concerns moving it in store so we'll have of course that coming up for you tomorrow We'll be there, and we'll talk about it after. So looking forward to it, and uh, I've got a couple of questions I'd like to ask, and hopefully we'll be all set to go for the weekend as we get ready to head off into the weekend with a uh, new hire, a public, if you will, introduction. Even though we all know Morgan. That's the thing. We all know her. She played for the Thundering Herd. We all know her. She hasn't been gone that long. Of course, she was with the Herd from 2014 to 2017. And now she becomes the first former Marshall player to lead the softball program. And she has several years of experience as an assistant at Miami of Ohio for the last four seasons. And the Red Hawks have gone to the NCAA tournament. The Red Hawks have won the Mid-American Conference. So there is some of that coaching pedigree there. How much of that was Morgan Zirkel? How much of that is because of what she brought to the table? How much of that can we get brought to the Thundering Herd program? And hopefully it's all of it. So that's coming up tomorrow. I'm excited about that. So let's get your text in. Don't be shy. 304-396-TALK. 304-396-8255. We'll get into what's happening. I want to talk a little bit about the proposed changes to the transfer portal, the period there, the window that players can Jump in the transfer portal. We touched on it a little bit yesterday. I want to get into it a little further with you. And, of course, I want to hear from you at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive. It's on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We're taking Paul Swan everywhere. Download or subscribe to The Drive with Paul Swan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back. It's the Thursday, June 29th edition. The Drive is on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We do it every day, 5 to 6. We also podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Does anyone get their podcast on something other than Apple Podcasts or Spotify? Well, if you do, I'm there. So you can find the show and listen to it at your convenience if you can't listen to it live every day. So let's get the text line going, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. I think this was meant for me yesterday. I don't know. Sometimes we share text with the rock station, 
92.7, The Planet. We've got multiple text lines, and they like using ours sometimes because, well, we've got the cool text line. Anyway, I'm not sure if this was meant for me. Nebraska equals corn and sadness. Yes, I, uh, I, I recall. Yes, we were talking yesterday about how many wins Nebraska's had since moving to a new conference. So, yes, Nebraska equals corn and sadness. I like corn, though. Is it a cornfield of sadness? You know how the Cleveland Browns, they play in a factory of sadness? Is Nebraska, at least Nebraska Cornhuskers football, a corn factory of sadness, a cornfield of sadness? Either way, I remember when Nebraska meant something. Absolutely. I remember when Nebraska football meant something. Now, it still does. If you're you're in Nebraska, it's a big deal. But Nebraska, it was Nebraska and Oklahoma. Always thought, oh, that's a great game as a, a youth. At least I was told it was a great game. And I watched it. Oh, yeah, it's pretty good. That's, that's a good rivalry there. And now it's, as the texture says, corn and sadness. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. So the transfer portal continues to be a subject that we all love to talk about. And we touched on it a little bit yesterday, but it looks like now the NCAA Division I Council proposing changes to the transfer portal window, trying to reduce the duration student-athletes have to enter the portal, trying to knock that down from 60 days to 30 days. Currently, there are transfer windows in college football that start the day after college football playoff teams are announced and remain open for 45 days. There's also a transfer window in the spring from April 15th to April 30th. Winter sports have a 60-day transfer window that begins with a given sports championship selection, while spring sports have a 45-day transfer window, which begins with their respective championship selection. The transfer windows implemented recently to establish a limited time frame for student-athletes to transfer between schools. I think that is absolutely needed. It was not intended to be something you can just hop in and hop out of or something that if the wind didn't blow the right way that you would would declare yourself out. You should have the right to transfer, but I think it needs to be a little bit more uniform. It needs to be a little bit more restricted. I don't want to say rigid, but it does need to be a little bit more restricted. So uh, the the goal here is to try to kind of clean this up. So now to gain immediate eligibility at the chosen next school, undergraduate student-athletes must enter their name in the transfer portal during these windows. It is not necessary for them to complete the transfer within the window as long as their name is entered before the window closes. So if you enter and the last day before the portal closes, you can do business. Here's some of the numbers. Uh, This was reported, including on ESPN.com. In the past winter, a total of 2,224 Division I football players entered the transfer portal, while 1,373 entered during the spring period. Absolutely a flood of players. And now you know why. You gotta look at players. You gotta look and see, okay, of all of the players that are available, is there a player that makes the team better? And you have to do that now. Absolutely cannot ignore this because there's a new wealth of talent that maybe you have access to. You always look at and evaluate and see where the talent's at. Why did this 
player put themselves in the transfer portal? Why is this player available now? Is it a coaching change? Is the player not getting enough playing time? Is it personal reasons? Is it something innocent like that? I mean, it could be. Yeah, there are some kids who enter the transfer portal because they want to be closer to home because, one, maybe they're homesick. Two, maybe there's issues at home that require them to be closer to home. Three, there could be some situations where maybe the maybe the school's not a good fit. I mean, absolutely, absolutely that's a valid reason. Kid could come to Marshall and find out, that you know what, Marshall's really not the best fit for me. I love playing football here, but I don't think this is where I want to get my education. There are those reasons, and that can – that can cover all sports. So they're going to try to come up with some some measures here. The Division One Council will conduct a final vote on the proposed changes during its October meeting. Do you think the transfer portal should be right where it's at? Should it be longer or should it be shorter? That's the big question. Should it be longer? Should it be shorter? That's where we're at right now. And, of course, remember some of the other stuff that they were talking about. The Division One Council is considering implementing the guardrails trying to limit FCS to FBS transitions, increasing the one-time fee from 5000 to $5 million to prioritize institutional support over fan support. Because if you can drop the $5 million, you should be able to, to have a successful program at the next level. It's easy for a donor. You could get a donor. 5000 hey, we need 5000 so we can uh, hit the... Hit the send button on the application fee. All right, we got that for you. 5000 here you go. Tax deductible? Yeah, okay, here it is. And, again, some of the other things they're trying to come up with, like having the requirements for FBS schools and schools transitioning from FCS to FBS, they want those to hit August first, 2027. And some of those requirements are going to be funding 90% of allowable scholarships in at least 16 sports. 16 sports. Now, how many sports does Marshall have? Let's count. Men's baseball, men's basketball, men's cross country, football, golf, soccer, track and field. That's seven on the men's side. Women's basketball makes eight. Women's cross country makes nine. Women's golf makes 10. Women's soccer makes 11. Women's softball, well, I'm sorry, softball makes 12. Swimming and diving makes 13, tennis 14 for the women, track and field 15, volleyball 16. So Marshall would qualify if trying to transition today. If Marshall was a 1AA, a FBS school, or I'm sorry, FCS school moving to uh, FBS, Marshall would qualify. Marshall has enough sports. Some programs don't. So here's the requirement. If you want to make the transition, you want to play at the next level, you want to play big boy sports, you want to play big girl sports, you want to play top-level sports, you have to have funding for 90% of allowable scholarships and at least 16 sports, offering at least 210 total scholarships and $6 million in scholarships across all sports because schools are jumping up. There are schools that are jumping up. Why are schools jumping up? Because the conferences that are big are trying to get bigger. And so the conferences that are left are trying to pick each other apart. What happened? Well, the American got picked off a little bit, so the American had to go somewhere. And it seems like Conference USA has been the feeder program for the American for quite some time now. So the American gets what's left of the good schools, if you want to call it that, the good schools in Conference USA. 
So Conference USA needs to try to come up with something. So Conference USA goes after some new memberships, and you, know, you got to elevate some schools. And again, it could have been worse for Conference USA. Imagine if the Mid-American Conference was able and successful in luring Middle Tennessee and Western Kentucky, and the Mid-American Conference did not want one or the other. It was you're coming as a pair, or you're not coming as all. Remember those conversations? And so Western would have probably said yes, and Middle Tennessee not so much interested in that because Middle Tennessee wants to be perceived as a Southern school. And we all know that the Mid-American Conference is not a Southern league. I think it would have been fine. The travel would have been fine, I think. Honestly, I think travel would have been better in the Mid-American Conference, and it definitely would have been in Conference USA for that. I mean, that's part of the reason why Marshall's in the Sun Belt. The conference travel is different, but at the same time, all of the schools are connected. There are no gaps in the map. It's one continuous conference across state lines. No gaps in the map. All the states connect. You don't have to hop over a state. You're not driving past someone to go play someone else. You're not driving past a state to get to the next state to play a conference foe. There's somebody representing in each state. That's that's perfect. It's great. Now, gambling violations are going to be its own thing. That's going to be something that I'm sure will come up because we had some suspensions today in the NFL. And, you know, here's the funny thing about that. It, it kind of amuses me, even though it's not a laughing matter. And we'll talk about this topic when we come back. But I just want to preface this by saying the NFL has finally allowed – to some degree. I mean, we have official sports betting partners, but there's punishments for gambling. Now, if you were gambling on your own team, I can see the point. Do not bet on your own team. Okay, I'm, I understand because I am playing on this team. So if my team is playing another opponent and I wager, I am in a position, how much I don't know, but I am in a position to impact the game. So, yes, that would be a bad look. You don't want somebody betting on, hey, we're betting on the other team to win, and magically they win. How'd that happen? You fumble the ball? What? You know what I'm saying. Now, if a grown adult wants to go and gamble on baseball, if I'm a football player, I want to gamble on baseball, I want to make a bet, sure, it's your money, you do it. But the league coming down on gambling and I think that's a, a little bit of a bad look because again you know, I go to NFL stadiums and I go see a game and there's advertisements for gambling apps and betting but yet they're not allowed to bet college level there could be some new rules to address gambling violations so we're going to talk about that when we continue we'll get your text in 304-396-TALK 304-396-8255 Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to your Thursday edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. We'll get your text in this hour, 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. One item you might have missed yesterday was on Twitter. Marshall men's basketball picking up a late commitment for the upcoming season. A six foot nine wing forward in Pete Moe from Indianapolis. So basketball still seems to be doing okay so far. Uh, the NHL draft was last night. And honestly, 
I'm not a big fan of the NHL draft. You would be surprised if you followed me for a long time. You know how I love hockey, but the draft, not my thing. It's not It's not that exciting because, again, the fun of the NFL draft is you're drafting players that are going to either start or be on the roster right away. At least when you get into the later rounds, there's always the thought that, okay, maybe there's going to be someone you're going to develop. But with the NBA, there's a quicker path sometimes, I think, to the starting lineup. I expect Tavion Kenzie to either be on the roster or one step away. So the Columbus Blue Jackets picked last night. Picked up a Michigan Wolverine center, Adam Fantilli. I don't know how that's going to play. Will Blue Jackets fans default to Ohio State mode with their new draft pick? Or, of course, will they just realize that's a completely different world and let's go? Let's go Blue Jackets. It was an interesting draft, though, last night. And, of course, you know, the commissioner, the booing of the commissioner. That's the one thing I do enjoy about the draft the most, the booing of Gary Bettman, who is finally finally getting into what it's all about finally he has acknowledged that that needs to happen how refreshing is it to understand that a commissioner coming out should feel the heat and want the heat it's like professional wrestling if they're booing you you're you're doing an all right job take the heat be a heel that's we don't want do we want Gary Bettman to be a face or we want him to be a heel and Roger Goodale Roger comes out, and I think he thinks he's a face, but he's a heel. Embrace it. Embrace being a heel. Commissioners of league should be heels. Absolutely. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's the number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive, right here on ESPN, 94.1 AM 930. We've been talking a little bit about what uh, is coming up, uh, some proposals out there, NCAA, the NCAA Legislative Committee. Is passing some new rules to address gambling violations. So here's the gist of it all. Offenders who who are, and we talked about this with the NFL, offenders who gamble on their own games or games at their own school will permanently lose collegiate eligibility. Easy for me to say. So here's the thing. That's a smart rule. If you If you gamble on your own games or games at your own school, you're going to lose eligibility. You're permanently going to lose eligibility. That's a no-no. You don't do that. You don't put a wager down on your school. You don't put a wager down on your sport. You don't do that. Now, players gambling on their own sport at another school may face suspension and mandatory sports wagering prevention classes. Mandatory. Can't do that. So you can't gamble on your own school, any sport. You can't gamble on your own sport any other school. So, okay. So, basically, if you're a basketball player, you can't gamble at Marshall. If you're a Marshall basketball player, you can't gamble at Marshall. And you can't gamble on college basketball. That seems pretty smart. I like fantasy football anyway. All right. Is that is that how that rolls? Now, penalties for gambling on other sports vary based on the dollar figures of the bet. So, this is going to be interesting, completely interesting how this is going to to roll. I think basically what I'm saying here is don't gamble. Just don't. It's not worth it. 
304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. That's our number to be a part of today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we're embracing gambling. States are opening up and embracing gambling, all right? We get that. Sometimes I give you a promo code to go out and sign up to bet. I've done that. I've recorded commercials where I am promoting go to this app, bet on the game, and that's fine. We're not professional athletes here. We're not in sports as far as the actual product, and I would get that. If you're an NFL player, you should not be allowed to gamble on the NFL, right? Too connected, but if an NFL, I think there should be some some leniency just a little bit. I'm, It's the number one rule. It's It's... It's like the prime directive in baseball. Thou, yeah, thou shall not gamble. But if you're if you're a big lacrosse fan and you want to put down a wager on lacrosse, what's that going to hurt, right? And then again, you have the NFL that is in business here, the National Football League, and it's still not all the way because there are some leagues that do gambling partnerships better than others and so what's the easy answer here is maybe thou shall not bet on your own sport in college it's a little bit different yeah in college you thou shall not bet on your own school thou shall not bet on your own sport in the nfl it should be okay you should you can't bet on your own sport that might be the best rule you can't do it if you're a football player don't bet you don't bet on football you're not allowed if you're a baseball player don't bet on baseball if you're a hockey player don't bet on hockey if you're a basketball player, don't bet on basketball. If you're found out to have done that, that's going to be a rules violation. Simplify this. But at the same time, we've opened the door for all of this because, again, we have states legalizing this across uh, the country. It's becoming more and more prominent. We have leagues that are, are finally opening up to all of this, making sure that uh, they're getting a piece of this action because they can't stop it. The floodgates are open, so time to get on board with it, right? Or... Should we be a little bit more concerned that, on the one hand, we're suspending players for gambling. We're suspending players for gambling. On the other hand, I can I can listen to and watch NFL programming, and there's gambling spots there. Now, here's the funny thing about this. You have one player for the Tennessee Titans suspended for the team's first six regular season games for betting on non-NFL sports at the club facility. It's one thing when you bet on NFL games, if you're going to use that as your high ground. But to bet on non-NFL sports is the big deal like you did it on club property. I mean, after all, I could go into NFL property, and I can open up my sports book app, and I could bet right there. What are you going to do to me? Because, again, the gambling policy, that's the thing, the policy prohibits anyone in the NFL from engaging in any form of gambling in any club or league facility or venue, including the practice facility per the league. Okay, it's one thing to say don't bet on football. Okay, if you do that, you're you're making a biggest mistake, and you, you're going to pay for that. It's another thing to say, okay, you made a bet on something else, but since you did it on club property or team property, there we got an issue here. I think that needs to be revisited a little bit. But if you know the rules, you know the rules. That's the that's the thing about this. That is absolutely the thing here. If you know the rules, then you have made a mistake. But the integrity of the game is the big – that's the big sticking point here. 
304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Thanks for tuning in. Tomorrow on the program, we're going to be at the presser for Morning Circle. She will be officially presented to the fans. We'll find out from Marshall Athletic Director Christian Spears what it was about Zirkle that made her the best fit for Marshall softball. We'll hear from the coach herself and, of course, We'll be talking about it with you tomorrow. And again, that's on the Friday edition of the show right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 9.30. Baseball action earlier today. The Pirates getting the sweep of the Padres. Yesterday, beat them 7-1. Today, after a air quality delay, the Pirates get the win over San Diego 5-4. So, Pittsburgh wins. A little momentum now for the Pirates. And we'll have the game against the Brewers. That's coming up tomorrow. It's going to be right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. The Reds beat the Orioles in 10 innings last night and win the series against the Orioles, returning to first place. Have the day off. The Guardians beat the Royals. This is unruly here. Look at this. 14-1. to And uh, they're in action now. Yankees. Here's the story. Yankees beat the A's 11 to nothing. Yankees pitcher Domingo Germain throws a perfect game, the 24th in Major League history and fourth in Yankees history. Only the fourth in Yankees history. That surprised me when I saw that stat because I would think a team as, well, let's just put it to you this way. It's the Yankees, and this is only the fourth time in Yankees history, so that's a pretty big stat there. And then in the Atlantic League, the... Spire City Ghost Hounds defeated Charleston 8-6. to The Dirty Birds go down in that one. Final game of the series coming up tonight, 635 at Go Mart Ballpark. And as we mentioned, NHL draft was last night, the third-round pick for the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's a Michigan Wolverine going to Columbus. That should be fun for center Adam Fantelli. He's the winner of this year's Hobie Baker Award as college hockey's top player. And I hope, I hope that the Blue Jacket fans that are also Ohio State fans embrace him. Never fun if you're a Wolverine and you got to go work and live in Columbus. If if seriously, if you're a Michigan Wolverine and like, hey, you're going to Columbus, great, absolutely looking forward to that, absolutely. One final note, a couple of final notes actually. I don't know if you all know this, but our news director, Bill Cornwell, is a big U.K. fan, and he was telling me that he was excited about this. Kentucky's going to host Miami, which is a um, obviously a 2023 Final Four participant in the inaugural ACC-SEC Challenge on November 28th at 7.30 p.m. inside of Rupp Arena. It's going to meet just the fifth meeting between the two schools and the first in the John Calipari era. UK is 3-1 and one overall in the series, but did lose 73-67 in the last matchup. Also, on the women's side, UK's women 
will play host to Boston College. Doesn't seem to have the same ring, does it? Kentucky, Miami, that should be fun. And then Kentucky and Boston College. I don't know. I'm down with this. ACC, SEC Challenge, I'm down with this. I'll I'll enjoy this. I remember coming home and watching those Big East Challenges. I was a huge Big East basketball fan. I love watching Big East basketball. It was It was good stuff. Back in its day. I mean, the Big East is still good stuff, but it was really good stuff back in its day. And so I'm, I I like stuff like this. I know the Sunbelt Mac Challenge maybe doesn't ring as true as the ACC-SEC Challenge, but I'm okay with this. I like it. I, here's what I'd like to see. Maybe you could pair up one Power 5 with one Group of 5, and then you pair up a Power 5 with a Power 5. So you have... A couple of these challenges. That would be cool. Could you imagine the Sun Belt and the SEC Sun Belt SEC Challenge? That's going to do it for this edition. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back with you tomorrow here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.